0: wherever whenever now from studio b or from wherever the saints or pelicans might be here's daniel sellerson
4: what's up welcome into the black and blue report i'm daniel Sellerson, filling in for sean kelly who has the day off and wow still trying to recover from last night's thrilling victory for the pelicans over the toronto raptors 197. For those of you who didn't attend or watch or listen to the game, you missed a great one. It didn't look good at first. Pelicans were down as much as 18, but came back in the second half, outscoring the Raptors 56 to 41, and again winning 100 to 97, also sweeping the series, season series. No AD for both of those games. The Pelicans improved to 29 and 27 on the season. They jump ahead of Phoenix for the ninth spot in the West after they lost to Boston last night. And are now two games behind Thunder for the final playoff spot in the West. Of course, we'll be focusing on the Pelicans most of the show. Plenty of stats to go through and, of course, plenty of sound bites to hear. You'll hear from head coach Monty Williams, Norris Cole, the newest member of the Pelicans, and Luke Babbitt, who led the team with 18 points. Also, it's Tuesday, which means Jim Eichenhofer will be on the show talking Pelicans, and then we'll turn our attention to football for a few minutes as John DeShazer sits down with Jeff Ireland, who joined the Saints front office a couple weeks ago. So a lot to get to on today's show, so we better get going when we come back. Hear reaction from Pelicans players and coaches, plus I'll go over the stats from last night's game. More Black and Blue Report coming up.
0: The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to secure early bird pricing and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today.
5: This is Luke Babbitt, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report.
4: All right, time to go over the stats from last night's game. The Pelicans improve again to 29 and 27 on the season. The Raptors drop to 37 and 19. Six players in double figures for the Pelicans, led by Luke Babbitt, 18.7 of nine, shooting four of five from downtown. And he doesn't qualify for three-point percentage, but if he did, he would be leading the league right now, 51% shooting from the field. Kyle Korver just under 51% at 50.9. It's a very impressive. Eric Gordon, who does qualify for uh, second in three-point percentage, unfortunately struggled last night. Three of nine from downtown, finishing, though, with 11 points, eight rebounds, four assists, four of 14 shooting. Alexia Zinza, 16 points, nine rebounds, eight of 12 shooting. Norris Cole, 15 points, six assists in his home Pelicans debut, seven of 11 shooting from the field. Tyreek Evans, who... After the game, head coach Monty Williams had played sick the entire game, uh, was not feeling well at shoot-around, still fought through it. 13 points, 12 assists, 5 of 13 shooting for Tyreek and Omer Oshik, a nice night, 14 points, 11 rebounds, 4 of 6 shooting from the field. As the Pelicans shot 51%, 40 of 78, and uh, their three-pointers really kept them in the game, 10 of 22 from downtown. Uh, unfortunately, though, they turned the ball over 17 times compared to the Raptors' eight. But um, the Raptors really couldn't get anything going from downtown. They were 5 of 23 um, points in the paint, kept them in the game, 42 to 40, outscoring the Pelicans as uh, Jonas Valanciunas, 17 points, 14 rebounds for him, 5 of 10 shooting, and Kyle Lowry, 22 points, 8 of 19 for Toronto. And, um, of course, a nice night for the Pelicans. It was a 56 to 41 second half in a 33 to 23 fourth quarter that propelled the Pelicans last night. Let's go ahead and hear from head coach Monty Williams, who spoke with Sean Kelly last night after the game.
3: And That that was the thing I told the guys at halftime. Uh, We had given up 10 offensive rebounds and 16 free throws in a half, and they made a lot of tough shots, and they're a really good team. But if we just stayed with it, we were going to give ourselves a chance, and I I saw a few guys put their heads down, and uh, once we started to get our spirit back, um, we had a chance to compete. You can't compete if you don't have your spirit. And once we started to compete a little more and took care of the boards, a couple shots started going for us. And then we got back into the game.
1: Coach, that's about as good as a bench performance as you're going to see. Um, If you wouldn't mind uh, explaining their contribution tonight. Well,
3: the the energy that Norris has given us uh, playing both ends of the floor uh, complements our system so well. And Lexi had a balanced offensive game the whole time. And Luke got hot. And uh, the thing that I liked, he wasn't afraid to take the shot. You know, when you're in that position, uh, just taking the shot with confidence means a lot. And, you know, what can you say about Jimmer sitting the whole game and comes out there on the floor and knocks down two free throws? So a lot of character um, being displayed on the floor. And at the same time, uh, Tyreek got sick, could have mailed it in uh, for the night, came back out. And I thought that gave us the biggest boost when guys saw him come back into the game, uh, playing against their defense, trying to take him out. and. He was able to score and make plays so it was a total team effort i know we say that a lot in coaching and in sports but tonight was for sure a total team effort
1: did devin start the night sick or is it something that came on during the game nah,
3: he was sick this morning and shoot around but um you know if he if he can walk around and look me in the eye i feel like he can play and uh, he didn't you know tyreek's a gamer so he, he never wants to miss uh time on the floor so um He's just a tough kid, and uh, he plays through a lot of stuff, and he certainly helped us tonight.
1: You mentioned that your team was down in the first half, yeah. spirit-wise, and maybe perhaps even execution-wise. When, though, did it change? Was there a seminal moment in the game, or was there some kind of a flow that, that turned the whole thing around? Can you think back to that? Uh,
3: you know, I, I have to look at the film, but I think when we started to uh, stop them a little bit, you know, in the third quarter they had 18 points, and then 23 in the fourth, so 23 is a target for us. I think when we realized we could stop them just by doing what we do, I think that gave us some energy. And then I think when Luke started hitting shots, guys got into it, Uh, but we kept making mistakes. We were throwing the ball all over the place at one time. So it kind of took away the momentum, but it didn't stop us on offense. We kept knocking down shots. And then Norris, you know, he hits the one leg runner, he gets to the basket, he was finding guys. Um, and Lexi had that big dunk, you know. After he had fumbled a few of them, I thought that gave us a jolt as well.
1: Put your teacher hat on for just a moment, Coach. And when you look at your team, do something like they did tonight. Is it hard for a student to uh, to say that we haven't been able to do this? They've proven that they can.
3: Yeah, we've we've proven it. Now we have to prove that we can bounce back from a big win. And um, I just spoke to the guys about the OKC win. Uh, we go on the road and win there in dramatic fashion. And. Um, I thought we enjoyed that too much, and so we got a few hours to enjoy this. By the time we meet tomorrow at half court at practice, we're going to uh, move on to Brooklyn and get ready to play a, a big game in front of our, our fans here at home. Of course, thanks. Thank you.
4: I mentioned Luke Babbitt again, 18.7 of nine shooting, four of five from downtown, really stepped up last night with a shorthanded Pelicans team, and uh, he spoke to the media after in the Pelicans locker room.
5: First half, you know, they were getting a lot of offensive rebounds. So, um, you know, we just stayed with it and um, grinded it out in the second half. You hit some huge threes, a lot of them from the corner. That's something you pretty much been working on. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's it's the closest three-point shot. Uh, you know, it's a little bit closer than those uh, ones up top, so that's nice. But um, guys are finding me. You know, the penetrators, as always, um, on this team do a great job moving the ball. So, um, you know, in the second half, we got the ball moving a little bit more. Uh, shots start falling, Norris was huge for us, so um, just a good team win. What's the key for your defense in the fourth quarter, particularly down the stretch? Uh, you know, we were defending well, but uh, just forcing tough shots, but then, um, you know, finishing them with a rebound. I mean, in the first half, you know, we were getting some stops. We uh, weren't always getting the rebound. You know, they were able to push us, push us underneath the basket a little bit, so. Um, the, you know, just getting the rebound, getting out in transition, too. When you get those, those rebounds, you can get out and run a little bit. You know, you don't have to set your slow offense as much, so that, that helped. It seemed like you guys forced them into more perimeter shots down the stretch. Yeah. They were getting some stuff inside before that. That's true. Uh, we, you know, um, wanted to keep everyone, everything in front of us. Norris Cole, um, you know, Tyreek, Eric, uh, Quincy, Dante, those guys did a great job keeping the ball, um, you know, in front of them. Uh, stopping the penetration from uh, Lowry, DeMar, and uh, Lou Williams, those guys. So uh, they play great defense. Uh, It was just up to us to clean the glass a little bit more.
1: What kind of feeling is it when the bench could come through, obviously you had to come through because of the situation? What's
5: that feeling
4: like when you you can do
5: that? It's a great feeling, man. I mean, you know, guys work pretty hard on this team. We got a bunch of great, great guys. So um, anytime someone goes down like AD, um, Drew, Ryan, those guys, you know, we have guys that want to step up and fill in and uh, we did that tonight we did our jobs
4: let's hear from the new guy norris cole 7 of 11 in his pelicans home debut 15 points six assist and uh, after the game in the walk-off interview on the pelicans radio network he spoke with sean and jd
1: well welcome to new orleans norris cole who joins us courtside as our star of the game norris congratulations sean kelly and john Deshazer with the radio crew First of all, I guess formally, nice to meet you. Nice win tonight, by the way. <laughs> nice to meet you too. Thank you. We needed that. That is uh, that's a comeback that I'm gonna remember for a long time. How'd you all pull it off, Doris?
6: Well, we got timely stops. We closed the possession out with good defensive rebounds, and then offensively we executed, we executed to a T. You know, we, we found Luke. He moved great. We found him, he knocked down shots, and then as guards, me and Tyree and E, you know, we came off the pick and rolls and were aggressive. I'm stunned that you have um, played with as much confidence as you have with your new team. Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pro, man. We are all pros. Um, that's who I am. I'm an aggressive player, and I want to make winning plays and try to help our team win. That's all I'm here for is to help us win. Take
1: me through the last two possessions, Norris. First of all, you guys offensively, in order to take that lead, and I'm talking about before Jimmer's foul shots, and then what did you have to be aware of on the last play there for Toronto?
6: Well, we want to make sure, one, we kept him off the three-point line, and we didn't foul him. And then, two, you know, we had to close the close out the possession, get the rebound, and then execute down, down on the offensive end. And we did a great job of that. You know, and Tyree, you know, he finished it out for us at the end.
7: Norris, you seem to be a nice change of pace guy for this team right now. Is that what your role is? Is that what Coach Williams is expecting for you offensively and defensively?
6: Play with a lot of energy, a lot of passion, a lot of heart. Love to compete. And um, that's my job. My job is to come in and lead and do what I do. And I think that, um, you know, I think I, I can help us out by doing that.
7: You seem to have the most success tonight against Kyle Lowry. I mean, is there something you saw that, you know, kind of you felt like you, you were more comfortable against him? Obviously, you played against him in the Eastern Conference a little bit more than maybe these guys have.
6: Well, for sure, I played against him a lot in the East. You know, so I know his tendencies. But also, we had good team defense. You know, the guys were loaded and helped position, which made it easier for me to be a little bit more aggressive on him.
1: Norris, you've been a part of a program that's gone all the way and won the whole thing. You know what it takes. On a night like this when your team grinds out a comeback win so
6: shorthanded, what can this do for a basketball team? We can definitely grow. You know, we play together, and that's what we're going to have to do. We are going to have to lean on each other, bring that energy, you know, and execute and make timely baskets. As long as we do that without turning the ball over, you know, we'll be fine.
1: Well, great effort tonight, and we really thank you for your time. Congratulations, Norris. Thank you.
4: All right, so the Pelicans are back at it tomorrow. They host the Brooklyn Nets, who are coming off a huge win over the Denver Nuggets last night. And then the Pelicans finish off the homestand on Friday night on national television against the Miami Heat. More Pelicans talk when we come back. We'll bring in Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Chip Chapman, here on the street, asking people what they would do with a $40 million
0: Powerball jackpot from the Louisiana Lottery. I'd fly to Italy to go shoe shopping with my girlfriends. I'd invest it, of course. I could double that money in no time. And you, sir. I'd buy me a vacation home on my own private island and a new sports car and a golden hot tub. That's club. quite enough from you, sir. Play Powerball at any Louisiana Lottery retailer. Starting jackpot, $40 million. Must be at least $21
4: to purchase. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool, collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now.
0: Try the new Immune Builder smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report.
4: Welcome back to the show. We just heard from Head Coach Monty Williams, Norris Cole, and Luke Babbitt. And now I'm excited to welcome in Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com, who was gracious enough to leave his Metairie mansion this morning and join me in Studio B. Jim, always a pleasure, my friend.
8: Likewise, Daniel. It's great to be here.
4: It's nice seeing you in person, Studio B. You know, <laughs> you're you're a man of a you're a busy man, so I, I never know where you are. Whether it's your chateau your mansion both you know
8: i always have time for you daniel oh, so anytime you that. need me to come in i'm i'm right here oh shucks that's
4: that's <laughs> nice jim of course the first thing we have to talk about is the 100 to 97 win over the raptors last night team was down as much as 18 came back in the second half i'm curious to hear your take of the game because um it didn't look good in the first half for the pelicans
8: yeah it was a it was a really interesting game because i thought one of the things i was the most impressed by was that they stuck with it it seemed like obviously everything was going against them going into the game. Um, it seemed like the Raptors, the Pelicans would cut it down to maybe 10. The Raptors would push it back up to 15. And you really didn't get a sense, at least I didn't get a sense, that they were. it was a game that they were going to have a chance to win. But they just kind of kept, uh, t- kept at it. And next thing you know, it was, I think, down to about six at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And you started to, th- to think, hey, wait a minute, maybe they can make a run here. So it was just – it was just impressive the way that they, they hung in there and ended up eventually getting over that, that hump finally and then winning the game at the end. How about the bench play for the Pelicans? Outscoring the Raptors
4: bench 55-21. to 21. When you're very short-handed, you're going to have to rely on your bench a little bit more. Luke Babbitt, impressive. Norris Cole, Alexia Jinsa. Um, they stepped up with uh, the absence of Ryan Anderson and Anthony Davis.
8: Yeah, I think that was the biggest difference between the games that happened right before the All-Star break and what happened last night. Obviously, in the the games against um, Utah and Indiana, the two games right before All-Star, it was pretty concerning to see what the the Pelicans look like without Anthony Davis, obviously, and also Ryan and Drew Holiday. But um, to me, the difference last night was that it wasn't just you're relying on Tyreek Evans and Eric Gordon to have big games the way that I thought it might be. Um, when you get that many guys contribute, you obviously have a lot better chance to win, and I think that's what they're going to need. You can't just say, okay, we need our top two guys to play well, and because I don't think that's going to work on mo- most nights, especially against good teams.
4: With the addition of Norris Cole now, do you think this bench is even deeper than we thought it was going to be? You know, a lot of people said this team lacked a little bit of depth on the bench, but it seems like now – we're seeing that we actually do have a lot more than people expected.
8: Yeah, I mean, I think there's no doubt the Pelicans have made three really good moves in season um, by getting Norris Cole, Quincy Pondexter, and Dante Cunningham. I think the depth now compared to what it was during training camp or the very beginning of the regular season is night and day. I think also some of the guys who've been in and out of the rotation, um, like Alexi and Luke Babbitt, especially lately, have played really well, and I think the combination of those things has has um, improved how many how many guys you can count on to produce night in and night out.
4: Now one of those guys that now is going to be in the rotation a little bit more. Norris Cole acquired in the three team trade with Miami and Phoenix um, in two games so far, thirteen and a half points per game. That's double his season average. Four and a half assists per games. For fans who don't know too much about him, um, what are what are the Pelicans
8: getting in Norris Cole? I think he's one of the biggest things is his experience that he's played in so many big games, even though this is only his fourth year in the NBA, he's been in three NBA finals. Um, His defense has been really impressive the way he, you know, applies a lot of pressure to the ball Um, offensively. He's hasn't had a good shooting year this year, but I think so far in these first couple games, he's looked a lot better on that end of the floor than he did in the first few months of the season with the heat. So, um, a lot of the guys already in the first few days have mentioned, um, they, they really like him as a teammate and they can tell that he's been in, in a good locker room with the heat and that he just, you know, he has a lot of, uh, a lot of know-how from all the stuff that he's experienced already in the NBA. He seems like a money guy,
4: right? A, a hustled guy, a defensive yeah. guy, someone good in the locker room.
8: hmm Yeah. I noticed last night, this was just kind of an anecdotal thing, but, um, there was a play where Jonas Valanciunas, who's six eleven, I think seven foot, went up for a shot in the middle of the lane, and Norris Cole challenged him, and he got a he picked up a foul. But it was one of those plays where you're like, man, that, he's six one. Why does he even think that he can can uh, contest that shot? So it was a play that a lot of guards wouldn't even necessarily try. And someone mentioned to me, I didn't see this myself, but someone mentioned to me that Monty had a had a look on his face or a reaction to that play like hey this is this is what we really like to see we I mean he he's get Norris Cole has a lot of heart out there and um, that was one of those plays that kind of typifies the way how hard he plays he had a a, a couple plays in the Miami game too where he he was the only guy that dove on the floor for the ball and he beat a couple heat players to it so I mean I think that's one of the things that you you can count on seeing from him and I think that's one of the reasons that why fans are going to really like Norris Cole
4: A lead-by-example guy, that's for sure. Uh, Jim, everyone coming out of the All-Star break, everyone had high hopes for this Pelicans team. We thought we're going to have a healthy team coming out Mm -hmm. of the All-Star break. The news of Drew Holiday out three more weeks kind of stung a little bit. Then Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson both leaving the Miami game with injuries. AD out one to two weeks. Ryan out two to four weeks. People, I think, I don't know if they said start giving up, but I think their hopes were a little bit you know, diminished after all those injuries. But... I mean, I don't know if it's just me being a homer, but I don't see the Pelicans being out of this by you know, by far, Phoenix has lost five games in a row. The Thunder will be without Durant for a week or so, um, with his foot injury. I know, you know, the Thunder added a lot more depth to their mm-hmm. team with Enos Cantor, DJ Augustine, Kyle Singler. Um, but I mean, don't count the Pelicans out in my opinion.
8: Yeah, I mean it's only two games. I right. I mean we keep saying that. It's I, I've heard the same thing that you've heard, I think, from a national perspective and even a little bit of a local perspective that people have gotten to the point at certain times where they've said that you know it's over that they don't have any chance but i mean you're you're 56 games into the season and you're two games out and oklahoma city i think coming up has a has a pretty manageable schedule they're playing a few teams that they can they can beat even without durant but um after that i think they they go into a stretch where they're playing against a really uh, a group of of really tough teams as everyone has to in the west so i mean yeah it's i I'm really curious to see what's going to happen over the next c- couple weeks because Oklahoma City definitely improved their their roster and, and is a deeper team. But, um, you know, earlier in the season when they had to play without Durant, um, they played 500 ball, I think, for mm-hmm. a couple weeks stretch. So if they play 500, you know, over the next couple weeks, then the Pelicans definitely have a chance to to make a, a further dent into the the gap that they have right now behind them.
4: Thunder and Suns on Thursday. That's a game to watch out for as a Pelicans fan for sure. That's right. I guess that's a win-win situation for them. <laughs> either way. Yeah. Just hope yeah. they don't tie. <laughs> um, let's go to the rest of the schedule for this Pelicans team. Tomorrow against Brooklyn, uh, they're kind of fighting for a playoff rate, uh, battle in the East. They just come off a big win over Denver uh, last night, almost beaten by 40 points. Then you have Miami on Friday, um, beat them shorthanded on Saturday. And then Denver on Sunday. So on paper, Jim, even with a shorthanded Pelicans team, I would say three winnable games, don't you think?
8: Yeah, and I think that's another reason why last night was so huge because you you figured, you know, at, at, we've, you have to say, if we've watched this team all season, trying to predict anything is probably nope. not a good idea in any, any uh, fashion. But last night was the toughest game on paper that they have all week, and so you get that win, and you, you hopefully build some confidence from that and go into these next couple games, especially at home, and hopefully you can get these these games and then Denver might be struggling more than any team in the NBA right now. I mean they're just they they're just really bad. They've they're something like 2 and 12 or something like that over the last 14 15 games. So um you know hopefully they can the Pelicans can put together a few more wins and then I mean the more you keep winning these games and you know hope for hope for some help in um, other games from Oklahoma City and like you said Oklahoma City's playing Phoenix so that'll be A good and bad result either way. Mm -hmm. So I mean, yeah, last night changed. I think last night changed um, perspective of of people a little bit with getting a win in in the toughest game that they have this week on paper.
4: And you also mentioned in one of your tweets the other day with AD being out one to two weeks. That could be three to eight games if the Pelicans can weather the storm this week. He could be back next week and be ready for a playoff push. And with some wins, you know, you only get stronger with AD back.
8: Sure. I mean. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves right. here, and and think that like that we know what's going to happen because I have no idea what's going to happen. Monty doesn't team. like when we do that. <laughs> <laughs> and and honestly, I've watched, I've been in in the arena for every single game this season, and I honestly can't tell you what's going to happen ever. No. But if like you said, I mean, there's a scenario possible where they they can win these next couple games without AD, and then he comes back, and then you know you want to get Ryan back too eventually, and you want to get Drew back. But if you can get AD back after only a couple more games, it's not nearly as dire as it looked when the first injury reports came out on the weekend.
4: Absolutely. All right, Jim, before I let you go, you know we talk about this week's games with Brooklyn, Miami, Denver. We talk about their winnable games. What do the Pelicans need to either improve on or what do they need to keep on
8: doing well in order to maintain this winning streak? I think the biggest thing is just getting six to eight guys playing well every night Um, you can't you're not going to win games with just one or two guys playing well and if they can keep uh, getting the kind of performances that they got from Luke Babbitt last night and over the last few games Alexi Jens has been playing really well Omer had uh, a great game last night like defensively and on the boards Um, I think that's the biggest key is just knowing that they need to have a bunch of guys play well and that's that's really the the, um, the easiest way that they're going to be able to overcome not having so many of their key guys right now.
4: That's Jim Offer from Pelicans.com. He is now on here every Tuesday. I always look forward to Tuesdays if you on the show. <laughs> Jim, thanks for the time. I'll let you get back to your tetherball tournament at Chateau offer.
8: Hey, thanks a lot. I've, I'm looking forward to uh, the tourney.
4: Stay out of trouble, Lee. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> When we come back, we'll turn our attention to football as John DeShazer sits down with Jeff Ireland. You're listening to the Black & Blue Report.
0: Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Wednesday, February 25th at 7 p.m. with the Brooklyn Nets come to town. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fund at 530 with music, inflatable games for the kids, appearances by Pierre the Pelicans, the Pelicans dance team, and a whole bunch more. Tickets start as low as $15. Call 525 or visit pelicans.com to score your seats today.
7: In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans.
0: We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report.
4: As promised, we turn our attention to Saints football. John DeShazer was at the Combine last weekend in Indianapolis, and some of the Saints front office is still there scouting college players. And one of those guys still there probably is Jeff Ireland, the newest director of college scouting for the Saints. And uh, last week when J.D. was there, he caught up with Jeff Ireland. Let's get to know him a little bit more.
7: We know that you're helping out with the college scouting. What's been your input in the process? because you joined, joined the party a little bit late. However, we know that you were already into this process before?
2: Well, really, just uh, more or less just you know, running, running the college meetings. Um, Mickey and Sean have been great, just kind of let me kind of do my thing. Um, you know, it's been quite a bit of a process because you know, I, I wasn't in football until, until January, so I watched a lot of football. During my time off, but I wasn't writing reports like the scouts were. So, this process has been a grind because we've been one familiarizing myself with the players, but also, you know, getting them right on the board. You know, we're just we're trying to separate the men from the boys right now, and trim trim the board from the guys that fit the traits that we're looking for. And uh, the scouts have been outstanding, um, and so that's that's what that's what we're doing.
7: Mickey says one of the things he likes is that there's been a kind of yin and a yang to it, that you are not an, an agreeable voice all the time. Uh, do you find that that process works better? You've been a general manager before.
2: Well, debate is healthy in this, you know, in any kind of draft room. Debate is always going to be healthy. Um, and, you know, I know what I'm looking for, you know, and players, and, and Sean and Mickey know what they're looking for. And so we're trying to marry that together. And uh, obviously th- those voices count a lot more than mine, but I'm going to, well, debate the process because I've seen certain things in my career that that may have worked and it's just you know again it's just trying to find out what we're looking for uh, and really not worrying about what else what everybody else is looking for and it's what what the Saints need
7: was that debate kind of encouraged when you were interviewing because obviously you know they, they wanted to bring someone in with A strong voice was that debate kind of encouraged saying look let us know what you see
2: no I don't think we ever talked about it you know Sean and I had a history together he seen me in the draft room and um, you know, it's always very respectful, um, but you know, we're just, we're just trying to create a vision for the player. And, and that's really, um, that's my objective. And, and Sean knows that, and, and Mickey knows that. And really there's, you know, sometimes we agree and sometimes we don't agree. But at the end of the day, we're just trying to get the vision correct of how we're gonna utilize the player. Uh, is he a right type of guy that we're looking for? And, uh, and that's really basically it
1: now
7: obviously you also work for Seattle but does it say something about an organization mm-hmm. or maybe a general manager to hire a former general manager and that he's secure in his position he's saying look we want the strongest voices we can find
2: well I think experience is very important uh, especially in the draft process you know having someone that's um, been through it before uh, I've learned from some great people through my career uh, I've been in that seat before I know you know, the challenges that, it can, that you can face with, with running a draft and, and on draft day, and the process that it takes to, to get the board right. So, I think experience is, is healthy. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. Uh, I get to be with great people and, uh, and doing what I love.
4: Tomorrow, we'll focus on the pro scouting as uh, JD also caught up with Terry Fontenot, um, who again is in charge of pro scouting. So, we'll have that interview for you tomorrow on the black and blue report all right i'll wrap things up next on this tuesday edition of the show
2: i'm linda mother of two beautiful 13 year old twins while my son has brown hair and blue eyes and my daughter has blonde with green eyes they both share one identical dna trait i hate spinach. no one leaves a table until you finish your vegetables getting my kids to want to eat vegetables that's my purpose blend it now
0: Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King, smoothies with a purpose.
1: Basketball fans from all over Louisiana are invited to the Louisiana High School Boys and Girls All-Star Basketball Games being held in Shreveport at the Hirsch Coliseum on Saturday, March 21st. The best players from Louisiana will put on an exciting display of showmanship. Tickets are only $10 and games start at 1 p.m. Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-bosier.org or call 888-45-VISIT.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report.
4: I had a lot of fun on today's show talking about a Pelicans win. I hope you all had fun listening to the show. A big thanks to Monty Williams, Norris Cole, Luke Babbitt, John DeShazer, Jeff Ireland, and of course, Jim Eichenhofer, Sean Kelly will be back in the hosting chair tomorrow from our Smoothie King Center studios as the Pelicans will be looking to extend their winning streak to three games against the Brooklyn Nets. Tip-off is at 7 p.m. Tickets are still available for as low as $15. You can call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com for more info. On tomorrow's show, it's a Wesley Wednesday, so David Wesley from Fox Sports New Orleans We'll be on to preview tomorrow night's game. Plus, John DeShazer will chat with Terry Fontenot of the New Orleans Saints, who is in charge of pro scouting for the team. And, of course, you never know who else will stop by. Try to stay warm out there today. I'm not a cold-weather guy, so this is actually pretty cold for me here in the Gulf South. I know everyone up north is probably cursing at me right now because temperatures are below freezing or right at that mark. So, again, try to stay warm today wherever you are in the United States, and hopefully it gets better Real soon. Until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salishman. Have a great rest of your Tuesday.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of The Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source The Black and Blue Report.